You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. The serious side of the J. Rouse Show is coming up next right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 No more, it's none of my business. No more, I'm sure they'll work it out. No more, boys will be boys. No more, I'll say something next time. No more, why didn't she tell anyone? No more, she was flirting with him. No more, she's too smart to let that happen. No more, not my problem. No more, he didn't mean it. No more, why doesn't she just leave? No more, he said he was sorry. No more, she was drunk. No more, she was asking for it. No more, she seems just fine to me. No more, she should have been more careful. No more, we don't talk about that. No more bystanding. No more ignorance. No more excuses. No more. No more. No more. WWE Superstar Big Show here to tell you if you've been drinking, get a ride. Take a cab. Find another safe way to get home. Cops all across the country are cracking down on drunk driving. They will see you before you see them. Drive sober or get pulled over. Online radio at its best. Online radio at its best. Hey, 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 good morning. If you're ready, map of the south. Let's do this. I'm telling you, I am first very honored that you would join me tonight. He has a very limited time spot, so we want to bring in Mr. Alan Farrell right away. Hey, how are you, Kathleen? You know what? I'm going to make you do what I do, baby. Man, what's crack a lacking, baby? What's crack a lacking? It's time for the serious side of the Jay Rowe Show. Don't try to call me out, princess. You can take your love and true purpose and stick it. She's a bitch. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. Network. From NPR News in Washington, I'm Giles Snyder. In Brazil, officials have suspended the search for survivors following Friday's collapse of a dam at an iron ore mine. There are now fears that another dam owned by the same mining company could break. Firefighters say they are evacuating several neighborhoods from the town hit by the earlier collapse. The confirmed death toll is now 37. Scores of people remain missing. The bombing of a church in the southern Philippines has killed at least 20 people and left more than 100 others wounded. The government of President Rodrigo Duterte has vowed to find and punish those behind the attack. Michael Sullivan reports on what happened. Two blasts, one inside the cathedral in Holo, the other just outside. Most of the dead were civilians, though several soldiers were also killed. The attack comes less than a week after voters in the Muslim-majority region of Mindanao overwhelmingly approved a new autonomy plan aimed at ending decades of violence between Muslim separatists and the central government. Holo was one of the few places to reject the plan. There has been no claim of responsibility, but the region has been troubled by Abu Sayyaf militants, a group that has previously carried out bombings. Hundreds of thousands of federal employees are preparing to go back to work this week for the first time in more than a month. The partial government shutdown has ended for now, but NPR's Windsor Johnston reports that the dispute over funding for a southern border wall 
is ongoing. Some federal workers say they're not counting on Congress to reach a compromise on border security funding by the February 15th deadline. TSA employee Cairo Dalmita says he's losing faith fast. They're going to try to do in three weeks what they can do in five weeks. Any one of us that ask it, what do you think is going to happen? They're going to shut down the government again. Susan Braverman, who also works for the TSA, says living in limbo is taking a toll. Having another three weeks where we're worried about being in the same situation we're in now, it's demoralizing, it's unfair. President Trump says if Congress fails to reach a compromise by the deadline, the partial government shutdown could resume. Winter Johnston, NPR News, Washington. The closing event for World Youth Day is kicking off at this hour outside Panama City. The event marks Pope Francis's final day in Panama. As Maria Martin reports. Thousands of young people are expected to attend as well as pilgrims from all Central America and a number of regional and world leaders, all to hear the closing message from the first Latin American head of the Catholic Church. The presidents of Colombia, Portugal, Costa Rica, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador will attend, but not Daniel Ortega of Nicaragua. Costa Rica's President Carlos Alvarado said Saturday he's anxious to hear the Pope bring a message of peace to increasingly troubled Central America. For NPR News, I'm Maria Martin. And you're listening to NPR News from Washington. Coming up next on The Serious Side. There is no circumstance whatsoever under which I will bear false witness against the president, nor will I make up lies to ease the pressure on myself. They keep drugs out and they dramatically increase efficiency by allowing us to patrol far larger areas with far fewer people. It's just common sense. Walls work. Uh, He capitulated. Um, This is remarkable. He said, I'm shutting the government down because I want a wall, and there is no wall here. He is taking the deal he could have gotten a month ago without any shutdown at all, without any of the damage that happened, uh, and without any of the damage to his poll numbers, which really have been tanking. Um, And I think it was very important that Democrats stand up here uh, because they were saying, we'll negotiate anything, but we will not uh, negotiate under pressure like this. The point is, today we have come to a way uh, to go forward to debate the best ways to protect our border. I don't see this as any power play. A Democrat from California, first elected to the Senate in 2016 after 20 years as a prosecutor, including stints as the District Attorney for San Francisco and Attorney General of California. And Senator Harris has also been laying the groundwork for a run for the White House. It is great to have you with us on this special holiday. Do you have an announcement you'd like to make? I am running for President of the United States. And and I'm very excited about it. I'm very excited about it. Welcome to the serious side of the J. Rall Show with Kathleen Williams, Mr. Jerome Esprit, and Mr. L.E.S. Now here is your host, J. Rall. Good Sunday morning to you folks. Today is January 27th, 2019, and you're in tune to the serious side of the J. Rall Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best, of course, I'm J. Rall. Thank you so much for spending a portion of your Sunday morning with us, or if you're listening somewhere else, 
just a portion of your day, I should say, with us. But as always, I never share this stage by myself. We have some of the best in the business. Let me introduce them to you. First of all, she's my big sis. Let me just call her what she is. She's my big sis. Love her to death. Love her to pieces. But she also brings that what we call that normal look at stuff, just a concerned citizen, plus a colleague from the J. Rouse Show. Let's say good morning to Vanessa Mavelli. Vanessa McAnally. Hey, Vanessa. Good morning, everybody. Happy Sunday. How you doing? Around. We have to to put your name on the post to really get you up in here. Good job. Way to be here. Good job. Love you, girlfriend. Of course, my little brother, the man who was the, it still is, the resident texture of the show. But I tell you what, uh, I think we're, what, four for four or three for three this year with this guy? Or maybe two for three. But anyway, he's in the house bringing his knowledge the only way that he can. The man himself, we call him Mr. Johnny D. Johnny D's in the house. Good morning, little bro. How you doing? Good morning, good morning to everyone. Uh, once again, blessed to be here and uh, leaving those characters alone this morning. And thanks to you, J. Ryle, and looking forward to this show. And, you know, thank God that the, uh, the government is back running and operating. So I know we'll talk about that. So, again, appreciate you. Good morning, Donnie D. Hey, man. Good morning, good morning. Okay, absolutely. The man who really runs everything around here, the man that's large and in charge, and I mean that both, never mind. My main man, Mr. L to the E to the S, good morning, sir. How are you? The first and last word, there he is, Mr. L.E.S., how are you, sir? Oh, he's open, the mic's open, Mr. L.E.S., good and talk? I promise you, he's here. All right, uh, Miss Kathleen. Good morning. Morning. Good, morning. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Nessa. Good morning, Johnny. And uh, good morning, morning uh, two pounds light in the big J. I love this man. I love this man. Thank you so much. Yes, of course, Kathleen Williams, a little under the weather, concerned a little bit, but we'll check in on her. Hopefully, she'll be able to check in with us. And the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit from EspritRadio.net, and the man who brings you every week on a need-to-know basis, usually joins us after his commitment with Clear Channel Radio. But until then, we keep it going. The number is 347 You can be a part of the broadcast. A lot to talk about this morning. Uh, like Johnny D mentioned uh, during his intro, the shutdown is finito. We're happy about that, but we'll talk about that second step because first step, we're going to talk about Roger Stone. That guy was arrested this week, and what does that mean for the Trump administration? And of course, like I just mentioned, we will talk about the government shutdown. Yeah, it's a temporary relief, but I mean, where do we go from here? And we're already hearing the president saying that, guess what? We're going to put this thing back in place. If we can't get a resolution to this whole thing that's going on with the uh, U.S. Congress, so man, oh man, temporary relief, but how long will it be in effect? And of course, last but certainly not least, one of the worst kept secrets in Washington, Senator Harris has announced that she is running for president. We're going to talk about her chances and who else may be throwing her hat into the 2020 presidential ring. So that's it for now. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. A lot to get into. You're listening to the serious side. And let's start with the rest of old Blue Eyes himself with the, uh, I don't know what color hair he has, but Roger Stone in jail. Well, he was arrested, taken to be booked, and Mr. L.A.S., if you are Donald Trump, Donald J. Trump this morning, how are you feeling about those, about that, about those circumstances that developed in the past few days? How are you feeling? 
right about now. Well, I, I've been nervous. I've been nervous as, uh, as all outdoors anyway, man. Because this, <laughs> this, this guy, man. <laughs> everybody around him is going to jail. Everybody in this campaign is going to jail. And now you all agree that though? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everybody around him. Everybody around him. Think about it. Who has not gone to jail that's been in, that was in his campaign? His campaign manager went to jail. You mean to tell me your campaign manager goes to jail and you're not going to jail? Come on, man. It's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen whether, they, whether it happens in the, while he's in office or not. He's, he, hey, he's well, going to jail. While he's in office. You can't indict a yeah. sitting president, so it can't happen while he's in office. You know, I mean, yeah. the, 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 the legal arm of the law. Well, no, you can't. The legal arm of the law can't reach him. The, the only the repercut. Here's the deal. And, and let me swing to you, Vanessa. The bottom line is, is that the only way they can get that president is through impeachment. They can't. You know, I, I mean, they just can't indict a sitting president. It, it just can't happen. The the way to deal with him is through the impeachment process. Now, after he's out of office, you know, it's fair game. But for right now. You know, he's sitting pretty uh, at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. So what do you think? If you are Donald Trump or if you're Melania Trump, I mean, how are you feeling about the situation that's going on with uh, the the, uh, the arrest of uh, Roger Stone, who vowed that he would never, ever, ever turn turncoat on the president? What say you? Melania Trump is like, God, please let him go to jail. That's a Melania. <laughs> 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 My wife is like, God, please help me out in this situation to get this spoon away from me for a while. Now, Trump is so cocky and arrogant, he don't think he's going. Because he doesn't think the stone is going to turn on him because Stone said he wasn't. Who Trump is upset about is his son. His son is going down. I'm telling you, he is going to make it a point where Trump is going to have to make a decision. Okay? He can't pardon his own child. He can't well, yeah, he can. I don't think they're going to let him. Well, can, it may not look good politically. Him. Yeah, but. Well, you right. You right. But I still think that man is going after his son in order to get to Trump. I believe that. You think so? You, you, you think, think that that's where he's going? He's trying, trying to get his son. They okay. can't do anything you think that, until he gets out of office. Right. And so you that think right? that by going after his son, that's going to make him uh, do what? Resign? What do you think is going to happen? Let's say I that that's true. Let's resign. say that he's actually going after You think he's going to resign uh, if they go after Don Jr.? You, you think he'll stand in front of the American people and say, listen, if you let my son go, I'll, re- I'll resign from office? I don't think he's going to stand in front of the American people and do it. I just think that he's going to do it and do it in a way that he still looks dignified. Just like Nancy Pelosi just put him in timeout, he still tried to make it look dignified by saying, I came to the conclusion, I've got great news, we're going to open up the government. Yeah, right. You just want to do the speaker thing on coming up on next week. That's only the house thing. That's only why he did it. So he tries to make himself look good even when he looks like an idiot and he's doing wrong. Johnny D, I'll ask you the same question, man. I mean, when you look at what happened this week with the uh, the arrest of uh, Roger Stone, if you're President Trump, how are you feeling this morning? How, how are you feeling sitting in that White House knowing that one of your closest allies was arrested? Well, if, if I'm Trump, and again, I, I won't dignify by calling him president, but if I'm Trump, I have not had a sleepless night since I took office. 
And, you know, what's what's interesting is, you know, you look at the latter part of last week and the early part of this week, and they, and they was talking about Michael Cohen and how fearful he is about, you know, the retaliation and, and this thug-type mafiosa mentality that's being yeah. employed on him. But for years, mm. these guys have been doing that outside of the light of the American politics. Um, th- now that the FBI has an opportunity to really do some investigatory work, you know, you've got six of his, his, top, his top people have been indicted. Roger Stone, according to the articles that I've read and the articles that you all have read and shared weekly, is probably the closest of all of those individuals outside of his family members. So he hasn't slept well, or if I'm him, I haven't slept well since I actually uh, bamboozled my way in, in, into 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. And now, of course, I think you will see the aftermath. Um, Stone is no different than, than some of the other ones, Michael Flynn and Michael Cohen, where they stood with all that bravado talking about, you know, hey, I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to turn. But, you know, when, when, when the pressure gets applied to you, you know, this guy is 66, 67 years of age. So he's, he, he's pretty much on, on, on the twilight of his career or in his life. So what, what say him to stand firm and, and do a lengthy prison sentence for a man who's going to eventually, one, get indicted. I do agree with you, Jay, after he leaves office. I think they will have enough um, information uh, to to prosecute and incriminate him at a, at a later date. But clearly, this is a, a sad day in, in American history and in politics, so I don't rejoice in it. Basically, what you have is, is the is, is, is the roosters are, are now coming, coming to fray because these guys have been out there for years playing this underboss uh, mentality, and they've been exposed. So Roger Stone is the latest, but clearly, according to, again, what I've read, probably the most influential and the closest to Donald Trump. So, you know, again, the saga continues. Well, you know, it's interesting you, you say that. And this is the thing that a lot of people ask the question because, you know, some of the people that support Trump will throw this in your face. Say, well, you know, if he was doing all these illegal activities, why would he run for president? Well, listen, folks, and here's a newsflash. He didn't think he was going to win. He ran for president, folks, because he knew dang on what. What he wanted was the publicity so he could launch Trump TV after the election had concluded. He didn't think he was going to win. He didn't even think he was going to win the Republican primary. Let's just be honest about all this stuff. So I know dang on well Donald Trump had no intentions on releasing his tax returns because he didn't think he was going to be at that level. And so for me, Mr. LES, you know, the bottom line is, is that this was all a publicity stunt that's gone horribly wrong for him because there's no way anybody in their right mind, knowing that the amount of skeletons that he has in his closet, would subject themselves to this. I mean, you know, he's stupid and ridiculous, but he's not stupid and, and, and that ridiculous because the bottom line is self-preservation is the key. Everybody wants to make sure they take care of themselves. They're lie, cheating still to, if it's going to mean that they're going to go to jail or their life's going to be threatened. So you would have to think that this was a publicity stunt. It's a publicity stunt has, that has gone horribly wrong. And so now he's fighting for his life. He's fighting for his political life and his life after office because he knows dang on well that the Southern District of New York is waiting. That sister's waiting. Yeah. As soon as you get on that Marine One or Executive One once he's no longer president, he better land somewhere else because if he lands in New York, I bet you they'll be waiting for him on the tarmac with uh, handcuffs. 
Hmm. Well, Jay, you said it best. You said in your right mind. Is this man in his right mind? That that that's one thing I, I I'd have to really really come on, man. You think that he, Mr. Elias? He's Do you think narcissist, this guy would Jay. honestly? But Mr. Elias, do you honestly think a guy in his right mind, knowing the kind, this guy knows the kind he's of filth that run. he's been involved in? He's not in his right mind, Jay. He's not. Think about all the things that he says and does. Think about that. I mean, any, anytime you can sit there, anytime you can sit there and just lie and lies. I never said that. I never said That's that. That's the reason. Self-preservation. Okay, Jay. If there's tape, videotape. At some point in time, when somebody brings it up to you, says. I, I didn't do that. 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 And this videotape. Okay, if you say so, man. It I is. Think he's, I don't think he's. In, I don't think he's in his right mind. I don't. I do not think. I think this man is off his rockers. To be honest. Well, you have to with remember that he's seventy years old. It was some of the things that he says. He's off his. Uh, he's off the loony band, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. What'd you say, Vanessa? He's seventy-two years old. So, I mean, he might be running into some of that little Ronald Reagan dementia stuff that's yeah. going on because he surely can't keep up with his lies. Well, nobody can keep up with their lies because if you lie enough, you forget what lies you tell. Because it's hard. When you make something up, right, you make this up, if it didn't happen, there's nothing that would trigger your memory to an action or a function that went down because you made it up in the first place. How many times people have gotten called lies? Hey, you said you did this. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Oh, you didn't do it. All you did was made up a lie. So I, I don't know if dementia is the reason why. He's lying because he knows that they're coming. He's lying that he knows because he knows what's going down. But here's the big thing, uh, Vanessa. What he's doing, the laws and things that he's breaking in broad daylight, Republicans won't do anything. This guy is, he is really shaking down a witness right here in front of our eyes. When he talks mm-hmm. about uh, Conan and his father-in-law and all this other nonsense, I can't understand, and I'll say this every week until this has been resolved, I cannot understand that people who claim that they are Americans Vanessa, that they love this country, that they salute the flag, that they know the Constitution of the United States. I can't understand why these people can sit by idly and watch this man make a mockery of the U.S. political system and the U.S. presidency. For years to come, countries are laughing at us. They are laughing at us. That's why I ain't going out the country, because they don't, none of them like us. But anyway, that's why I'm not going over to Europe, because none of those people like us. But you know what? I just think that this is what really gets me, is when Trump called people an SOB. When he called the football people an SOB for not kneeling and the military and the flag, okay, so all of that, and then he never served in the military, and now he's threatening an emergency to get the wall built with money from the military. So you really don't care anything, and I don't understand why people are not catching this in his party. He hasn't visited. He just visited the cemetery that's across the street. Took him two years. He's he's talking about taking the money from the military to build his wall and call it an emergency. So I just and I just don't understand how people think he loves this country and the military. I, I just don't get it. When he's he'll snatch from the military at any cost. At, at the first attempt, 
to need something, it will come out of military funding. Why does it got to come out of military funding? You still got money sitting over there that you haven't even used that you can use on the wall. Because he knows military, Vanessa. I'm sorry, military spending is, is far more than any other any other place has been, and it, we we spend ten times more than any other country. It's it's one of the biggest wastes out there. Sometimes, I mean, at, at some of some of some of the uh, congressmen uh, or some of the uh, military generals are saying we don't even want the money. We don't need it. We've got enough. And they said no, take it. So we spend way more. It, it's a waste, and we know it. We know it's a waste, but people won't admit well, to it because why? It's an insult the to the military. They the should. They should money. pay. The, they should pay the soldiers more money. They should. I agree with you. Yeah, they should pay the soldiers soldiers way more money. I agree. Oh, heartedly. So somebody get out there and sacrifice their life for the country. I agree. Oh, heartedly. Yeah. You talk about two minutes at Arlington Cemetery. Let's talk about the two minutes he spent at the MLK monument. Didn't even say anything about MLK doing his uh, oh, that remarks that day. Jay. Let's bring in. Yeah, it was crazy. Let's bring in the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Esprit from EspritRadio.net. What's going on, Jerome? How you doing? Hey, I'm good. People, how you doing? Good morning, good morning, Jerome. Another day in the land of Trump. You know how it goes. You know how it goes. All right. Uh, question for you, same question I asked everyone else here on the panel. Um, if you're Donald Trump with the, with, with uh, uh, Roger Stone being arrested this earlier this week, uh, earlier last week, I should say, are you, uh, are you uh, how do you feel about that? Are you worried? If, you, if you're Donald Trump, are you worried right now about that? About him being no, because yeah. he's arrogant. So what arrogant people do is they think I'm going to pardon him anyway, and he's not going to talk. But the truth is, is that just like great mob families, people are going to talk when it's when they face jail time. You know what I mean? <laughs> so his his whole thing is he didn't do anything, so he thinks he can keep his lie alive. <laughs> Once that thing goes down, because you know they already have him. You know, they have emails of him threatening people. You can't threaten nobody. People, Black people go to jail for far less than this, right? So we know you yeah. can go to jail. They don't know that you can't go to jail. It's what their privilege buys them. But, you know, it depends what the motivation is. Because no jury is going to convict him. I guarantee that. So all he has to do is say he won a jury trial or he's going to have to plead out. So if, they, if they're bringing charges against him and... No, they were in Florida, and they were in Florida too. I'm sure they. I'm sure they're arrogant. There's something about us as a country that we give uh, white folks white privilege and rich people um, extended white privilege. If they're really wealthy, we don't. We don't like to convict them for some reason. I'm sorry, white folks don't like to convict them for some reason. You know, it, it reminds me of that the the Dupont, the the guy from yeah. Uppy DuPont family um, molest three of his kids. It cost yes. One was like under two years old, and they still wouldn't give that dude jail time. They said they didn't want to take away take him away from his other kids. <laughs> I'm like, they would have took your kids and you. Yes. So, so Mom, they, who is they, that? So I can look that up. Who is that? Um, the DuPont. Yeah, it's, a, it's he's a DuPont. That happened. I'll, I'll look it up. I have it on my notes, so I'll tell you who he is exactly. But yeah, he's he's been arrested many times, and recently, um, over I think it was last year, 
was like his third time. They still, they just won't give rich people time. I have no clue what that is. And um, I think it's, you know, I'm sure for the white folks listening, they're probably falling out saying this is not true. But we, there's way too many um, examples of the fact that the, jur- the, um, the court system, whether you go against the, the jury or just the judge, um, the chances of you getting off are pretty easy. You know, like those police who lied on a police report and then the black kid gets killed, and they were like, well, may, the judge said maybe from their angle, they didn't see it clear enough. That's why they got their report wrong. They knowingly <laughs> lied. You know what I mean? Black people don't get the benefit of the doubt of Jack. OJ yeah. was not even on the crime scene, and they're like, he did it. Everything pointed to him. Like, you can see how we will stretch that, and white folks can have their hand in the cookie jar, and we can't do that. So with, with Roger Stone, in his case, he has evidence of threatening that dude, threatening to kill his dog or take his dog or whatever and calling him off yeah. and threatening him. Um, Trump yeah. tweets um, his threat all day, every day. And everybody's like, well, you can't indict him because he's a president. Everybody should be able to go to jail. That's what a democracy is. As we start yelling at Venezuela and they got a dictator and all this other stuff, Donald Trump is worse than that guy in Venezuela. You know what I mean? Their economy is bad, whatever. They have inflation. They don't have any money. People are starving. But at the same time, Donald Trump bends the law and breaks it every day. There's no cultural norms with him. So it's not unbelievable. He's he's already arrogant and has that... that, um, um, we know his connection to white supremacy. We know what that is, and he's rich. You add all of those factors up, you probably you got affluenza and uh, <laughs> and, and everything else inside of that. We yeah. can start making up stuff for these fools. He's too rich to know what's going on, and now he's president. Mm. He makes everybody who votes it's for him look like fools. It's unbelievable. Yeah, wow. uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. And, you know, we talk about Trump. And, you know, the thing is, what's going on with Trump? And we're going to talk about the government shutdown next. Uh, but, you know, what happens in with the Trump administration, it takes up so much oxygen in the room that you miss other stories. For example, big uh, story this past week, mass shooting. Now, if this would have happened during the Obama administration, yeah. it would be headline news. But because we, is, we are in such a scandal-ridden administration, the bottom line is that this stuff gets pushed off the front papers. Another story that people are not paying attention to, but we're going to continue to pay attention to here on the serious side is, you know, what's going on, going on at the border. Bottom line is, a few months ago, two kids were killed. And what's happening now is, because of what the, what the uh, Trump administration is doing as far as creating all these situations where they're separating families. Sick kids are not being seen. They're not being helped. And so in this week's edition of In Four Minutes or Less, we're going to focus on how these kids or these people, the parents of these children, are not taking their kids in to be cared for because they're concerned about deportation or the fact that their families may be separated. So we live in just such a bad situation, and it's time for this week's edition of Informing the Celeste, something that you need to know. We'll be right back after this. You're listening to The Serious Side on the TGRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. 
Fear is leading many immigrant families to cut their ties with health care and other critical government programs. Researchers in Texas say that's one reason why there are more children going without health insurance. Ashley Lopez of member station KUT has the story of one family that is avoiding care even though a little girl needs treatment. Anna lives in central Texas with her husband and two kids. Danny is a playful, healthy toddler. Sara is nine years old and was diagnosed with autism a few years ago. Anna says at first it was unclear what was wrong with Sara exactly. When she acted out, it was really hard to calm her down. To other people, Sara just seems spoiled or a brat, Anna says. After the diagnosis, though, Anna felt a little lost about what to do next. She went to a nonprofit in Austin that helps parents whose children have disabilities. It's called Vela, which means candle in Spanish. There, Ana learned about all these different therapies Sara could get through Medicaid, therapies that would help her communicate better, among other things. But that was right around the time of Trump's election, and immigrants like Ana were nervous. I'm looking for groups who are not associated with the government, she says. Ana entered the country without documentation about 10 years ago, so that's why we aren't using her last name. Both her kids were born in the U.S. and automatically got Medicaid coverage. But ever since President Trump took office, Ana has only been using it for the kids' checkups and vaccinations. I'm afraid they will not give me a legal resident status, she says. Ana's husband has a green card, and she's in the process of getting one, too. But the rules could be changing. The Trump administration wants to make it harder for people to get a green card if they use government services, or even if they might use them in the future. And so Anna and her husband have decided, just to be safe, not to seek out any more help from the government, even if her daughter, who is a citizen, needs more therapy than she's getting right now. I feel bad doing that, Anna says. Prana, treating her daughter's autism would be great, but there's nothing more important than keeping the family together. Nadine Reeb works with Anna at Bella. She says she's seeing this a lot. I'm running into families that when it's time for re-enrollment or reapplication, they're pausing and they're questioning if they should. Reeb says immigrants are foregoing government services for lots of reasons. Some are trying to stay under the radar to avoid immediate deportation. Others are more like Anna. They just want to be in the best position possible to finally get legal status and move on with their lives. And in Texas, a quarter of children have a parent who is like that, undocumented or trying to become a legal resident. Tasty Anderson works with the Children's Defense Fund in Texas. She thinks the parents' fears have led to more kids going without health coverage in Texas. The climate of fear is so pervasive at this point, and there is so much misinformation out there. A recent study from Georgetown found that one out of every five uninsured kids in the U.S. lives in Texas. And a big percentage of them are Latino. Anderson says this is all happening despite the state's vibrant economy. Texas is proud to be Texas in so many ways, but this is one way in which we are failing ourselves. Anderson says the failures fall hardest on kids with disabilities. That also worries Nadine Reeve, the advocate who is working with Anna. She says when it comes to treating childhood disabilities, earlier is better. The sooner you catch it, the sooner you support the child, the sooner you support the family. I think it's just a win-win for everybody, right? You're supporting the emotions of the family, and then that supports the child. 
But Anna is still uncomfortable asking Medicaid to do more for Sara. For now, she's relying on services from her daughter's school. And she'll keep doing that until she gets that green card. For NPR News, I'm Ashley Lopez in Austin. And that story is part of a reporting partnership between NPR, KUT, and Kaiser Health. They keep drugs out and they dramatically increase efficiency by allowing us to patrol far larger areas with far fewer people. It's just common sense. Walls work. Uh, He capitulated. Um, This is remarkable. He said, I'm shutting the government down because I want a wall and there is no wall here. The point is today we have come to a way uh, to go forward to debate the best ways to protect our border. I don't see this as any power play. Yeah, right, Nancy. Welcome back in. 347 You heard it, man. That guy blinked. Somebody, they were playing chicken, and he blinked first. Boy, I tell you what, what a day, what a day, what a week. Welcome back in. World Famous Chat Room should be open. You can make your way there. And plus, I have added three more sites back to the big monitoring list. So now I'm monitoring about 13 websites, but I still have about uh, 15 more to go. God, this is a hard process. But we're making progress slowly but surely. So we can hear from you guys through your normal means of communicating with the show. Once again, you can go to the chat. You can call in. Or, matter of fact, I have two more that I've added to to the list, or three more. And so now we're just monitoring and trying to get things back to normal. Welcome back in. All right, so this past week, uh, thank God, and Johnny D mentioned it in his intro, thank God the government is back open, so back pay hopefully for all the people who who missed paychecks. Um, But this is a temporary fix. And Johnny D, like I mentioned during the last segment, the president said, look, bottom line is, is that if we don't have a deal, this thing could come back. And what's happening, in my opinion, at least, I think what's going on is that he's listening to Ann Coulter because she sends out this tweet. You know, she is a disgusting human being, man. She is just disgusting. And just to think she's dating J.J. from Good Times, to say about him. But anyway, I digress. So she tweets out that, you know, congratulations to George H.W. Bush you know, he's no longer the wimpiest president that's ever served the United States of America. I mean, for people to sit around and put this stuff out here like it's just a game when real folks are suffering kind of shows you what type of heart they have. Johnny D., what say you in regards to the opening of the government, the fact that Nancy Pelosi didn't blink in this game of chicken? What happens next, in your opinion? Well, I tell you what, every week I learn something on this show now, as irrelevant as this may sound, but I didn't realize that she was dating J.J., but <laughs> shame on him. She man. was. She <laughs> is, man. <laughs> Jimmy well, J.J. Yeah. Walker. Yeah. yeah I, I feel sorry for him, but, you know, the, the reality <laughs> of it is, is uh, it, it goes back to this right here. You know, like I said, again, thank God that the, the government has, has reopened. Uh, I, I do think or at least I, I pray that the, that the polls, the recent polls and influences will kind of dictate how the next three weeks will go and that um, this will not reoccur. Um, you know, time and time again, you, you hear Les say this here, people are going to vote their interest, and he encourages that. And clearly what the polls have indicated is that that's what people have done. You know, you still got that 30, I think, 
the article that I read on yesterday said 37% uh, approval rate for Trump, 57% disapproval rate. So he's still going to have that, that one out of every three Americans that you just won't have a chance to influence. But as others' pockets have gotten a little tighter and they see what economy, you know, it's just not about the federal workers. You know, you're talking about, you know, uh, grants and for upcoming college yeah. applicants. Uh, you're talking about health care. You know, you're talking about benefits. So you're talking about a, a things that are far more reaching than than what people have just kind of generalized it as. So, you know, I'm optimistic or at least prayerfully uh, optimistic that, you know, the next three weeks will not impact the change and that we will stay the course and, and again, have some dialogue about how we can protect our borders because it is needed. You know, you, you have individuals from those countries of interest that are entering the United States and we are making us prone for terrorist attacks. And, and so I, I don't disagree that there is a, a stronger need to emphasize it, but the methodology certainly has to be discussed in a, in a humanistic way. So, you know, people are, are looking at their best interests. And uh, like I say, you, you hear less and, and others, you know, of uh, our contributors say that every single week and clearly that's what the polls have dictated. So, you know, let's just be thankful that today, um, you know, these people can get back to work. But even in their lives, you know, you're talking about it's going to significantly impact people uh, from this point forward, you know, when the bills and things are due and, you know, loans and you get behind some individuals who've been furloughed, won't get won't get a check. Those who might get um, paid for the work that they did and didn't get paid, but still doesn't, still doesn't, you know, negate the fact that maybe you've got some delinquency bills and that's going to impact your credit rate. And so, but but today we will rejoice and again pray that the next three weeks will will bring some calm and some peace and some a different direction. You know, uh, when you talk about border security, you know the Democrats want that. They just want smart border security, Jerome. And the fact that when people say, "Well, you know, the Democrats want open borders." And- this nature. Let me tell you the reason why this is a fraud. It's a fraud because the bottom line is after the election, you didn't hear anything else about a caravan. You didn't hear nothing. They didn't talk about it. Before the election, oh my God, here they come. They're coming and blah, blah, blah. So here's my thing. You're talking about the statistics shows that the number the number of illegal immigrant crossings have down, have gone down, right? Started going down during the Obama administration. Actually, I'm sorry, during the George W. Bush uh, administration. And it, and it kind of hit record lows during the Obama administration. But they wanted to create this boogie monster, this boogeyman, to get people all riled up about, you know, brown people coming in and stealing their jobs, jobs that they don't want, jobs that they expect brown people to do. And so now they want to sit here and create this illusion that this is going on. But at the same time, what you're doing to the federal government by shutting it down, by not allowing the FBI to have these informants, not allowing, not paying the Coast Guard, it seems to me you're doing more damage uh, from that perspective than a few thousand people coming across the border. It was nonsense, Jerome, you and I both know it. What say you? Well, I, I think that people are, some people are just clever at trying to scare folks. Right? You know, more people can sneak in here from the um, Canadian side of the border where we are. So that's where the folks from 9-11 came in. But they scared of Mexicans? That's just stupid. Right? So if you can see that from my point of view, it looks really weird to know there is no way that they're putting up a fence in Canada or a wall. No way. And I can tell you there are some towns 
that all you have to do is walk across a line and you're in the United States. Right? So you you can actually go look at that and say, wait a minute, look at the border towns of Canada. Is there is there a is there a fence or a wall? No. Well, how do people get to this country? They go to Canada because they usually fly in anyway. So if you want to sneak in this country and you don't have a passport, Canada is your way in, not Mexico. Nobody's trying to go through no hot desert to get no place where you can just come through, come through Canada. So when people say we need the wall and we need more border security and this, 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 it is scare tactics because it's easier to scare people with brown folks than it is with white folks. You know, so I, I, don't know what, I don't know what to tell them. But that's what it's all about. And, Vanessa, you know, you watch CNN every day. You know what's happening. It's the same old nonsense. You tell me how much did they talk about the caravan and stuff like that uh, right after the election. You didn't hear anything else about it. Then all of a sudden, you know, it came. It, all this stuff comes up again when it comes to the border wall. But here's the thing that Trump supporters just don't get, and this is how you can tell that if he had, like, if he could send grape Kool-Aid to everybody that's a part of the mega rallies, that he would kill 37% of this country are his supporters because the bottom line is is that what they're failing to realize is that this guy said Mexico would pay for it. And so these dummies are all, we, you know, we, we need a wall. Okay, you're paying for it. Nobody's, nobody's arguing that we don't need to strengthen the southern border. But there's smarter ways to do it. Because for if you build an 11-foot wall, they can build, they can, if they're going to build, if you can build an 11-foot wall, they can build a 12-foot freaking ladder. Or they can go underneath. I mean, it's just dumb. There's no way you're going to stop it. It's like when I talk to people about shoplifting, for example, right? You, you, there's no way you're going to stop people from stealing stuff from a store. You can't have your eyes everywhere. What you have to do is learn how to control it and be smart about how to deal with the problem. You know, people criticize Hillary Clinton when she talked about let's give them all illegal, let's give all illegal immigrants uh, driver's license and, and, and identif- identification cards. Or I think even President Obama had mentioned that too. They were like, "Are you stupid? Well, how, how else do you keep tabs on them?" So, so Vanessa, when you look at what the Trump administration is trying to sell, and I want to stress this point that he said Mexico would pay for it, and Mexico told him we ain't paying for jack. I almost said the other word, but I had to catch myself. So, a shiza. Let me believe I spent some time in Germany. We ain't paying for shiza. If you're German, I'm sorry if you're offended this morning. But the bottom line is, they're not paying for it. So why is this not a bigger, why people are not looking at that? Why people like Ann Coulter and that freaking Dodge dodging, that, that uh, draft dodging Rush Limbaugh, why are these guys not bringing up that point? Yay. Let me tell you something. You don't be on Facebook like me and Liz. So anytime we see a post that says something just crazy about Trump, we know before we look at the name that Les posted it. And it's a joke in my house who posted it because we know it's Les. But let me tell you this on a serious note. Yesterday, I went up to the airport because I told you we had dinner the other night that I had yep. gift cards. So yep. when I went up there, they said, we can't take them. We can't take those gift cards. It's against federal regulations, blah, blah, blah. But if you go and take them to such and such airline who is helping us, then they can give them to us. 
So I pulled out my paperwork and my badge and stuff and, and uh, told them what, that's where I worked. So he got on the phone and he called the supervisor. The supervisor said, take them from her and let her know that what we do with them is we get washing powder, paper towels, toilet paper, toothpaste, blah, 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 for the TSA people. So I turned in 20 $13 gift cards and five $15 gift cards to TSA to help them to get through it. Now, when I did that, I figured they were getting paid this week, but I thought they were getting all their back pay. Y'all, guess what they getting? Are y'all ready for this? Thursday, they're going to get a paycheck for 40 hours. 40. 40 hours minus all of their medical payments, you know, for their insurance and taxes, their union, their all of that stuff is coming out of one check. That's, oh, my God. Their checks are going to be like a hundred and something dollars. So I just right. couldn't believe really? that they did that. Yes. And then he said, I said, well, wait a minute. They owe y'all another three weeks or so. And he said, well, that's going to be, they owe us another 120 hours. And they're going to break that one down. But look at what we're going to be taxed on it because they're putting three weeks together. I'm like, y'all, they are getting so screwed unnecessarily. Right. Imagine that. Imagine that. So they make sure they get their tax money, but they ain't going to pay them. Ain't that funny? (laughs) The government. Make sure they get their tax money. You're going to have to pay your taxes. What's really right. going to eat them up is they have to go back and pay the house, you know, their insurance for their families for back money. They have to go back wow. and pay everything they know to take out of their paycheck is going to come out of that one, that one paycheck on next Thursday that's only going to be 40 hours. Then they have to wait wow. to get that other one. So they're still in need. And these fools are talking about go take out a loan? Really? I just, I couldn't believe it. I felt so grateful to God that I was able to do that. And me and Bobby left out of there just smiling because we knew we had did the right thing. We knew we did. Wow. So, well, well, listen to that, Mr. Elias. So, so she just, see, this is the thing. That when you don't tune in to shows like this and you have people like Vanessa who really and truly, I mean, you know, look, you know, everybody that's associated with this show are doing things positive in their in their communities. And, Vanessa, you know, I just want to say thank you uh, on behalf of the workers. Get out there and, and do the right thing. You know, but when you listen to that, Jerome, see, people think all of a sudden he signed this, all of a sudden all this money is going to come streaming back and they're going to be good to go. But what she just told us, based on a conversation she had with TSA workers, that's just not going to be the case. Well, you know, for me, it's, it's worse than that. I mean, we – Think about this fake manufactured crisis, right? Because I kept thinking about this as they were saying, you know, TSA, federal workers, people who, who work in the federal prison systems, the guards wasn't getting paid. And I'm thinking they're not paying for gas money. They're not paying for them to, to, to eat lunch. They're getting nothing. And this is all manufactured by some fools who want to build a superficial wall, right? You've got to put the blame where it is. I, it unnerves me to hear people talk about the Democrats and Republicans need to compromise. He held them hostage, 800,000 um, workers plus, 
and then about 250,000 of them was TSA workers. The problem is, I can hear all the goodwill, and we all do goodwill stuff. But the sad thing is, is that we have homeless, starving people already. You took the working people and then made them starving people. And then once this is mm. over, who's going to still feed these people who are still starving? We got our priorities jacked. And there is nothing to be happy about because they even ended the dog thing. This should have never happened. So instead of giving them a bonus, they Amen. should only get their work back pay. They should have just flat out cut them $5,000 bonuses on their very first paycheck because they have that kind of money, right? So instead of giving them, you know, the $5 billion for a border wall, spend $100 million and give those folks all bonuses because they had to put up with this bull for no reason. Mm. Preach. What say you, Johnny D? Jay, I tell you, I can't argue. Uh, like I say, very valid points. Um, you know, one of the one of the, the, the groups that we have uh, not talked about, but it's impacting them. Uh, I was just talking to a a retired federal worker who also was not getting paid. So this extends beyond that eight hundred thousand. So those numbers are, are certainly soft numbers. And you know, again, it, it's good that we're getting back. The government is getting back on track, but this, this, like I said earlier, this is this is long-standing impact and and and, and for naught. You know, um, again, it's 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 more about posturing and, and you know just uh, the Trump regime trying to save face with his base, and it's costing the American people uh, just the stability of knowing that you know not only are we safe, but you know, the strain on the individual families, uh, it, it's just going to be more significant than, than, than statistical data can ever show. It, it's no way to measure it, to be quite honest with you. I mean, because, you know, you're not going to account for every individual that's being impacted. I mean, again, you talk about 800,000 workers. You're not talking about those, you know, nearly five, maybe, maybe 10 million uh, retired federal workers that's being impacted as well and their families. So this is this is huge. This is significant. And I, and I just, again, pray that in three weeks we don't have to repeat this cycle. You know, Ms. Telly, as he mentioned, three weeks. Uh, what do you think, where do you think we're going to be in three weeks with this thing? Um, three weeks? I, yeah. I, think, I, think he'll, I, I think he'll cave. I, I really do. I think he'll balk and see you what he'll cave? I think he'll cave. Because right now, I mean, he's looking at his approval rating. And it's steadily going down. Guess what? If he does this again, what do you think is going to happen to his approval rating then? But wait a minute. So, so I, you think he's going to cave? That's going to give three weeks of people like Ann Coulter, Rush Limbaugh, Hannity, all these guys to start getting in his ear. You, you still think he's going to cave? He's going to have to. Hell, he caved. He caved this time. Yeah, I think Mitch cave. McConnell gave us insight on that. The reason that they ended it this time is because Mitch McConnell forced them to. What, what happens is that they have a they have another election coming up, not next year, yep. but the year after. Yes. Right? Yes. And so you can't take a year of taking another hit of doing another one. Because as you keep pushing these, um, these um, fake crises in the world, then you're, take, you're distracting. So what are you going to run on? So Mitch McConnell is the one who forced them to even do this one. Or they're going to have a president. They're going to have an override. And can you imagine how that's going to look? Because I don't think Ms. McConnell, I forgot what he said, but um, it was something like um, 
once you use the threat, you can't use it anymore. So he tried to shut down. It did not work. We're not going back to that is pretty much what he said. So Mitch McConnell is not going – he is not going to um, allow them not to have a vote on this because there is a Senate um, procedure that Schumer, I think it was, had tried to use. You don't really need the, um, the speaker there to actually bring, um, bring up a vote. So if Mitch McConnell would have stayed home and Schumer was there, he could have called that vote up to the floor, which would have passed with Republican support. It was just that uh, Mitch McConnell was there to object to it. But they tried to bring it to, the, to a vote like about four times. And so there's a procedure that it does not have to be Mitch McConnell that brings it up. So if they try it again, I think Mitch McConnell's going to opt out. He's going to say, well, I didn't bring it up. And then once the other senators um, vote for it, they're going to override that presidential veto. So if they don't open up, if he tries to shut it down again, they're going to override him. And I think they warned him um, just recently about that, and I think Trump saw the light in that. Because once he loses them, then technically he's going to have nothing. And Nancy Pelosi was not playing. He was not playing. But don't they have to have 30 votes, though, Jerome? I mean, don't they have to have 30 votes to to pass it? I mean, not 30, I'm sorry, 60 votes? Yeah, they can get 60. That was the problem. That's why Mitch McConnell wouldn't bring it up. See, when you know something's going to fail, you'll go, okay, I'll bring it up. Mitch McConnell wouldn't bring it up because he knew they had 60. They couldn't hold their – they can't hold it together. Think about this. The next Senate election favors the Democrats. The Democrats are probably going to take the Senate pretty easy. Because the senators that are up are in states that favor Democrats. So can you imagine what those fools are saying when you say something like, oh, we're going to shut it down again? They're the next ones up. Mitch McConnell is up. So they ain't playing. And I think that's why they got the vote, is because Mitch McConnell actually pushed it, he and Schumer, because they need to end it. Once you started seeing air traffic slow down, once you started seeing – um, the air traffic controllers calling in, and it started affecting the economy. They were like, "We can't play no more." And this wasn't a game of chicken. This wasn't a game of who was going to blink first. Under no circumstances should the gym track have used that like as a hostage situation. They were just dead wrong, and there's Republicans that were holding it up. So we just need to call it what it was. They were trying to hold it up. Wow. So everyone thinks that uh, that he's going to cave in, and uh, so is that what I'm hearing the majority is saying? Look, bottom line is that this is a done deal. In three weeks, there will be a deal, and so this won't happen again. Is that what the consensus is here on the show? No, I don't I think, think it's so, Jane. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's going to be a deal. I think that I'm sorry for interrupting. I don't think it's going to be a deal. We're going to have a debt ceiling debate in about a month and a half, and when that comes up, that's going to be the other crisis. But they're not going to do this one again. And, and, and you know that, and, and that's kind of what I was going to say, Jerome. Is the fact that it'll be another distraction. Clearly, this guy, uh, you know, Trump and his regime, they are good for changing the narrative. So this right here, he will set back and, and concede. Uh, Jerome is dead on point. Uh, read that Mitch McConnell basically said, "Hey, I don't have the support, so this won't happen again." And what he'll do is he'll just simply go to a, a, a different crisis, uh, the debt ceiling. But I think this will be something in the past where you'll hear those those pundits, such as Rush Limbaugh, continuously bring it up. 
but then eventually it'll just kind of fall up under the waters and it'll come off the table. Oh, okay. Well, it sounds like, uh, folks, if you work for the government, we're going to continue to be open based on what the folks are saying here on the serious side. All right, coming up next, tell you what, we have a new person that's throwing their hat in the ring. Senator Harris is running for president. We'll look at her chances, and we'll talk about other people who may be jumping in real soon. You listen to the serious side of the J. Ross Show. We'll be right back after this. Don't go nowhere. Research shows more and more 12 to 15-year-olds have arteries similar to that of a 45-year-old. But it doesn't have to be that way. Don't let your children grow up too fast. Encourage them to act their age through regular exercise and healthy eating. It is the best Sunday morning online radio show, period. Hi, I'm Jay, the host of The Serious Side of the TGRS, and I'm asking you to come join me and my friends for some serious conversation before you go to church. It's The Serious Side of the TGRS. Happens every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, right here on the BTR Radio Network.
you, you mentioned 20 years. I mean, we mentioned 20 years as a prosecutor. If you win, yeah. you're going to be commander-in-chief. Yeah. What qualifies you to be commander-in-chief? Well, first of all, let me just say I love my country. I love my country. And this is a moment in time that I, I feel a sense of responsibility to stand up and fight for the best of who we are. And that fight will always include, as one of the highest priorities, our national security. Welcome back in 347 to you listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio. And it's best to say good morning to our distinguished panel. First up, she is my big sis. Thanks for dinner and drinks the other night, girlfriend. Vanessa, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Jay. We love you, too. We really do. God, don't make me cry. I'm sorry. I did too. It was a beautiful thing. My little brother in the house all the way from North Kakalaki, the one and only Mr. Johnny D. What's going on, Johnny? How you doing, brother? All right, good morning. Doing well, doing well. Just again, just thankful to be a part of this broadcast. I really enjoy So I appreciate you. And the broadcast is thankful that you are a part of the broadcast as well. The smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Spree. What's going on, Jerome? How you doing, brother? Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling some kind of way about that dinner thing, so I'm just going to say what's up to everybody. Oh, man. Next time you're in you Houston. Well, you never know because he, he comes in like he's 007. Next time when you come in town, let us know you're here. Uh, <laughs> I need to come and go, so I'll let y'all know. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do dinner, my main man. And, of course, the man who runs everything around here, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Good morning, good morning, good morning. All right, Mr. L. It's time to say hello to the peeps. Who can we say hello to this morning? Uh, in the chat room, we had uh, Covina, man. Of course, you know, it's bike riding time for him. He says he's going to call back right. in this segment. Yeah. Easy's in there, and then Boba Wright's in there. What's up, Easy? What's up, Mother Bright? What's happening to all the guests out there as well? What's up to the pastors in the house? Marietta Music. What's up, Marietta? How you doing? Tiffany's in the house. Good morning, Tiffany. How are you from uh, Iowa? Hmm. All this stuff. Say hello to you. John's in the house. Hello. What's going on? Uh, Freddie's in the house from Carbondale, Illinois. I know where that is. What's going on? Robert's in the house. What's going on? Stephanie, what's going on to... Is this Mahisha? Am I saying that correctly? I never heard of you, Mahisha. But hello, waving at you. What's going on from Alabama? What's going on? The Gill, what's happening, Gill? What's up, bro? James, Don, all the people. Thank you so much for tuning in. Appreciate you as always. Listening to the serious side of the J. Rouse Show. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Want to say what's up to all the folks that are out there. Usually, our uh, what's up, Momo B's in the house. What's up, Momo? How you doing? You know I love you. And, uh, of course, our girl, the uh, director of our uh, social media outreach, Jackie's usually in the house. Eh, she's running a little late this morning. But, you know, go back and listen to the other broadcast. Check us out. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on uh, Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. You can go to Google and type in the J. Rowe Show or the TJRS Radio Network. Or you can type in the serious side. That's S E. R-I-O-U-S-I-D-E, all one word, and you can 
catch up on some of the old episodes or listen to the new episodes. And if you're listening throughout the course of the work week, what's up? Hope you guys are having a wonderful week. And if you're listening live, as always, we want to say danke, danke, uh, gracias. How do you say uh, uh, thanks, Mr. Elias, in uh, Brazil? Uh, obrigado, obrigado. 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 There you go. Mr. Elias, a man of multiple languages and talents. <laughs> Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. As we announced, or at least you heard on the hit, uh, Senator Harris has thrown her hat into the ring. And so now what we want to do is we want to handicap her, uh, we're going to handicap her uh, possibilities of winning the presidency. So let's uh, let's start with you, Jerome, on this. What do you think, man? She's She's in it now. She's officially in the race. What do you think, man? What do you think about her chances of becoming the next President of the United States, another thing, the second African American to hold that post, and more importantly, the first woman to hold that post. What do you think about her chances of being the next President of the United States? Okay, I'll handicap her at about 30%. How about that? Yeah, you know, I was thinking that too, to be all to be honest with you. And okay. why are you coming in at 30%? Um, because she, the uphill battle that she has to, to have like even in it's a raising the money, I'm not talking about in liberal strongholds. I'm just saying the reality yeah. is is that she's going to be able to make some noise, but her chances of winning or even succeeding through the primaries or getting past the second round of primaries is going to be tough for her. And I don't, there's not, I don't think there's a path for it, honestly. I think vice president, if you ask me that, I'll say she's about at a 90% rate at vice president. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because women are demanding. Yeah, because women are demanding that uh, that she's. Uh, women are demanding that uh, that that a woman or a person of color to be on this next ticket with ticket with they, the Me Too movement. What's going demand, on? All, they can demand all they want, and it's why Democrats normally lose. Is because they were demanding that Hillary ran instead of Joe Biden, and look where we are now. Don't let that drive your train. That is not a good measure. Right, lobby groups, you know, especially when you talk about feminists, they drive a lot of stuff, but it ain't, it won't roll. That's not what, that's not where the country is. So just because they're demanding that, you know, we could talk about civil rights and, you know, people like Sandra Bland. You don't see women um, suffrage and feminists coming out to support black women when they do something. So they don't have no sweeping view of, bl- of women across the board. They have their own interests. And they only step out when it's their own interest. But they can demand all they want. But they're just another lobbying group, just like um, just like the Tea Party. Hmm. I mean, I'm not diminishing uh, you know, their importance. No, no, I agree. Yeah, I know. Okay. I'm with you on that. I mean, listen, we, we want to be honest about this whole situation. That's yeah. what we're talking about. And interesting enough, interesting enough, you know, uh, Joe Biden's book, he talked about how President Obama kind of told him, hey, you need to – not run, and he felt that the president was was doing that. But I've digressed. We could talk about that at another time. Uh, what about you, Mr. Elias? What do you think, man? Handicapper, handicapper chances. Do you think she has a legitimate shot of uh, becoming the next president of the United States? No, I don't. To be honest, I like Camilla Harris, but I don't think she has a shot at all because she's two, two strikes against her. She's she okay, okay. She's black, and she's a you know. She's a woman. They go. They don't want a woman in Damn. office. Look, look what, look what, look what we just got. You know, Hillary Clinton 
as as compared to but it's not, wait a minute, Donald now, Trump. Hold on, hold on, before you say that. But hold on, before you say that, uh, you're right. I mean, for her not to beat that guy is just, you know, you're just scratching your head. But is it because of the fact that it was a woman, or is it because of the fact it was Hillary Clinton? Do you Man, think that's more people, to it than the fact that she was a woman? I, I think I think it was a I think it was a, a, the combination of the two. The majority the majority of people I work with or that I that I'm around, they said I know in the world I want a woman to be a president. And I thought to myself, how ignorant are you? You know, how how very ignorant are you? How many CEOs running companies now? You know, right? Well, and, it's ridiculous. And look at this, Hillary had 55% of the women saying that they were going to vote for her, but only 50 and 53 voted for Trump. 55 said that they were going to vote for Hillary. So, Elias, that's exactly right. You can't trust the fact that they're saying one thing one day and then the next day they're going to change. That's the only population that actually made Trump win was was, was white females. That vote is, is not... It's not going to be kind to Camilla or whatever, the senator. Yeah, I was going to say, let's hear from the only woman on the panel. Uh, Yeah, what's going on? I don't think she's going to make it too far because, one, she's black. Two, she's a woman. Three, she's highly opinionated. She might make it as a vice president. If anybody's looking for a woman as a president, I'm not going to say... This particular person, I'm fixing her name, is the best person, but I am going to say if you're looking for a woman and to be African-American as a president, it would either be Michelle Obama or Condoleezza Rice, because white people and black people are like Condoleezza Rice. So if you're looking for a woman of color to be a president, I really think that it would be one of those two women. But I, for me, I'm not even trying to get a woman in there. I, Jay, let's know. I'm pushing... Biden, Beto, every time I get a chance, I, I post it. <laughs> so maybe some of us kind of kicking their heads. Yes, she is. Uh, so, so I'm not trying to get a woman in there. It's going to take somebody to go back and correct all of this stuff that Trump has redone that Obama put into place. So this man has stopped food, a program for children to get fed and all of this kind of stuff. We need somebody to get in there who kind of know the ropes of the White House. To me, that would be Biden. That, that's just to me. And I want a vice president that is But why would Beto, I mean, but let me ask you this, because I'm, Vanessa, but, but it's, it's the woman though. that's putting it, it's the woman that's putting up uh, foot right in Trump's ass right now. Vanessa, 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 let me ask you something, Vanessa. Vanessa, let me ask you yeah. this, though. You yeah. said you want someone to know what's been around. Why would you want Beto versus Harris? Harris is more connected to what's going on up at that level than he you is. You hear what I just said? I, you missed the point No, I, I did. What did you say? I said I want a your young point? vice president. I want She's young? young? How to all of these... She ain't that young, Jay. You better look up Kamala, honey. She ain't that young. No. Okay. And she's okay. She's young enough. Okay, she was on The View. She was on The View last week, and even Megan McCain said, and I agree with Megan. Fine, as a vice president, I don't want her as president. And Megan said she would vote for her on a ticket with Biden as vice president. I agree with Megan McCain on that. I would, too. But I'm not going to vote for her as president. No. 
Wow. Okay, we got to get to we got to get to some phone calls. We want to hear from Johnny D on this first. Johnny oh, D, your thoughts on her chances? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even gonna read them. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead um, Johnny. Uh, re- being realistic, I-, I don't think that she stands a-, a favorable chance of being elected as president and yeah. nor vice president, to be honest. Um, and-, and now that's not to say that-, that she is not one that I would like to see well. Um, you know, with, with this women's movement, and-, and certainly now is the time, and they are certainly capable. If you look at these last elections, other than, you know, Harris County, that showed out and supported African-American women. Uh, yeah, there were a lot of first-time first, but there were a lot of African-American females that, that did not get elected to offices, whether they were Democratic, Republican, and some independents throughout the United States. So to be honest, I still think the most disrespectful, disrespected um, persons on the American soil is unfortunately the African-American women. Now, that's not... That's yes. not my opinion. I'm just saying, you know, that's that's generally how they are the most unappreciated um, group yep. of individuals, but yet the strongest uh, of all. So I don't think that yep. America is, is, is quite ready for that type of influence. I've had an opportunity to, to, to see her on C-SPAN that, you know, she did a broadcast with a gentleman uh, talking about her book. Um, and this was even before she announced on, on Dr. King Day. But, again, very educated, fascinated young lady. I think that the, that, the, that the Democratic Party will, at their convenience, utilize, you know, this, this, this unfounded support with the banking industry. Um, so, you know, then you've got the law enforcement, uh, her being a prosecutor. So it's a lot of things that she will have going against. I, I think at the end of the day, when the day and the night meets, if she can come out and have strong showings, I know she's in Iowa today, if she can come out and have a strong base and raise some money, I think the best that will probably occur for her this time here is to at least have a base that someone will solicit her endorsement at, at you know, at, at, at the end of the primary. So, you know, again, unfortunately, I don't think that she is going to be a, 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 a candidate, but certainly, um, you know, one of the most educated persons and, and I do think that she's young enough. Uh, I think she's like 53, 54, somewhere in that time frame. And when you look at some of these old dragons and lions, you know, she is quite younger than them, <laughs> but at the same time have a lot more political savvy than, than the, the Beto yep. O'Rourke and things. And that's not to say that I'm, I'm disagreeing with Miss Vanessa. I'm just saying that, unfortunately, still in, you know, 20, 2019, the most underappreciated person in, in, on American soil is the African-American, the black female. And that's I really agree with that. I, I'm with you. Yeah, you forget about that. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that. We were talking about R. Kelly, the fact that, you know, the bottom line is because these are young sisters, you know, why, where is the outrage? We, we need, our, our sisters need, we need our black women who were uh, missing in Africa. I mean, how much, you know, how much play did that actually get? So you're right, the black female uh, is one of the most disrespected people on the face of this planet. Mr. Elias, I think we need to get out to a phone call. Let's bring one in. Who do we have out there, Mr. Elias? We got our, our main man, Covina, man. What's up, Covina, man? Good morning. How you doing, brother? Hey, uh, good morning, distinguished panel. I'm out here bike riding, so I might, uh, might be a little bit noisy. You're going to be breathing yeah, I was say, man, I think Get it in, Ger- Get it in, uh, <laughs> no, Covina. Get no, it in, it, man. It, it, get it in. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think that uh, from what I've been hearing on social media, man, I think uh, people are, uh, are 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 more upset with Kamala Harris running than uh, R. Kelly. Wow. Like, like like people are like she came out on MLK and then uh, you know she's trying to trying to portray herself and set herself out there to be like, oh, I'm the black candidate. But I think that this time she she has a deficit or or, or a problem where black people now are able to do their homework on black candidates. Where when Obama was there, people was reluctant to like ask him tough questions or 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 look into his background because he was going to be the first, and people kind of had a doubt whether he he could actually win. I think uh, Kamala. Mm-hmm. I think now that people are looking at her, they're 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 using that uh you know doing their homework, uh or they they're looking at like. Compare like Obama. Obama had Michelle Obama, and they had those, those, those beautiful black, black children, a whole black family. Where Kamala, she's a you know an Indian and a you know Indian. Her, her name Kamala is an Indian name, and uh, she was raised in a you know Indian household in, in Canada. And, and and people are asking questions like, okay, what, how is she relating to black people? You know, all of a sudden, you know, when she goes to Howard or whatever, but I, and and her husband's a, a white dude, so it's like. I think that you, you, the black, the, the streets out here, and the, and the internet are, are going hard on her. Like she's not one of us, and and they're getting upset that people are trying to claim that she's one of us when she's really, you know, she's a she's an immigrant. Well, she's not an immigrant, but she was born in Oakland. But her her, her all of her family is immigrants, and her her agenda is the immigrant agenda. Otherwise, you wouldn't get elected in California if you're if you're uh, you know your agenda is not an immigrant agenda. So I think that the people out here are 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 pretty upset with her. Wow! Wow! Yes. Wow! I mean, wow. and I heard, Kobe, I, I, I heard that uh, also the fact that she didn't uh, prosecute not one police officer in the wrongful death shootings in in California as a DA. So I heard really? that 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 was one thing against her. Yeah, I heard her agenda her agenda is that of a of an Indian immigrant India uh, uh, agenda instead of a you know African American agenda. Yeah, and you know India is pretty doggone racist, right? And so that was a part of them saying as a prosecutor, she went hard on on black youth. She went hard on them. So when her record starts coming out, and I, so, I know some of it is leaking out, she was hard on black folks. I know she's an she's an AKA, yeah. I think, or she's a Delta. She's an AKA, and I know her affiliate when she you know came up going to Howard at HBCU. Everybody's like embracing her. But her record is kind of hard on black people. So when you go back and say, you know, I'm working in the best interest of all of us, it's very different comparing her to Obama. It's because nobody really took Obama that seriously for a long time. Black people were going hard on him early on because they didn't think he was going to do nothing. And by the time Hillary and those guys started pushing back against us, we rallied around him, Obama. Um, Carmella is not going to have... The same Kamala's not going to have the same privilege. She's not going to get that. There's other there's other okay. options out there. I 100% agree. And so, Liz, the next time they post that on Facebook with all of her stats, and that's where I got my information from, and that's how I made my decision as to what I thought she was going to make it or not make it. I didn't just pop this out of my head. When people put stuff on Facebook, there's a way that you can go back and fact check. What you're reading. Mm-hmm. So the next time it pops up, Les, I will shoot it over to you so you can read it. People are not going to put her in. You can't even, and, and I'm not saying Beto is the best person, but Beto is a Texas Democrat, so that's the reason why I'm going to be pushing for him. But people don't like her. 
people do not like her. Well, I've so seen I'm that. Like, yeah, I've seen yeah. that. A lot of people don't like her at all. Yeah. Well, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Twenty four minutes after the hour, you're listening to the serious side. Go ahead, Jerome. I'm sorry, Jay. Go ahead. Okay, yeah, if she can't keep the coalition of black women, black women are the most stable vote in this country. They vote more than any other group by percentage, and they come out and they support. She might not be able to keep black women in her corner. So where is her base going to come from? That's why she's working so hard going back to her HBCU, throwing up her ski wheaten on, um, on, uh, on, on, on a campus. You know, like the issue is that she needs to coalesce and get black women on her side because – as far as everybody else is concerned, I don't think she's going to get black men on there, and that she's definitely not going to get white women. And you know white no. men aren't going to vote for her. Wow. So. Uh, let's, uh, let's hear from Jackie. She's out in California. Let's see what she has to say. Good morning, Jackie. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. How's everybody doing? Good, good. Doing well this morning. What do you have to say about this whole thing with Camilla Harris now that she's throwing a hat in the ring? Your thoughts on this whole thing? Um, on one hand, you want to hope, but I'm sorry, sorry, keep keying, sorry. On one hand, you want to be hopeful, but then again, I just don't think she really has the pull that she's going to need to really break it in. Because, I mean, it's, (laughs) I I just, because they made it very clear that they ain't ready for a woman president. That's unfortunately yep. one strike against her. And um, you really got to think: Does she really have the pull to really bring it in? I don't. I mean, I, I agree with Mr. Elias. She really got to do what she can to bring in the vote of well, just blacks as a whole. Well, okay. Well. Well, it's interesting uh, that uh, these things have come up about her. There's some things that, that, you know, came up today that I had no idea of. Uh, but I'm glad that's why we do this and talk on the show. So so now you're talking about – so it sounds like everyone here on the show is saying, look, if she was a VP candidate, would be okay with that. But her being the lead on the ticket, she, she's, uh, she's not – it's not viable. Let me ask you this, Jerome. That's correct. Let me ask you this, Jerome. Uh uh, you don't think she can catch an Obama-like, you know, the, that that type of fire, you know, because no one heard about President Obama when he was, you know, he was doing the groundwork, and people thought Hillary was going to be the nominee. So he was kind of flying under the radar. You don't think that that can happen with her, that once people start mm. hearing from her and they start no. playing some of these clips of her challenging uh, Kavanaugh and Sessions and all these different things, you don't think that that won't help boost her and and give her that uh, no. political tailwind that no. President Obama got? Hey, like Johnny B said, nobody is questioning how smart she is. We all know that she's smart, right. and she's probably well, well qualified, and she seems like she would do a really good job. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the ability to win in this country. Mm. That's a lot different. Yep. There you go. Yep. Yep. There you yep. go. Yep. Yep. So now we're talking about the different dynamics of who votes and why it would be harder for her. Because she is not Obama. She can't give a speech. She is not going to have a crowd of no 30,000 people. That ain't even in her. I don't think that's in any Democrat that's out there, unless Obama's with him. <laughs> so I don't think they can be 
Unless wow. Obama comes in with you or all of your campaign stops, you are not pulling no crowd of no thirty, forty thousand people. It is not going to happen. Mm. And so, you know, it's it's like um, it's like when people say that about Cory Booker. Cory Booker is going. You're going to hear crickets with Cory Booker. He's going to do worse than anybody else. I got there. a question for Jerome. I got yeah. a question for Jerome. Yep. Jerome. So, I I have a feeling that Kamala or Kamala or however she wants to pronounce her name, I think that she's running for president in hope that somebody picks her up as vice president. What do you think about that? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I, I agree think that with she, that. A lot of people that's run what for, I think she's doing. Yeah, I think a lot of people run for president for the notoriety, whether they want to get in the cabinet spot, the U.N. secretary. Like, they want to right. do something to elevate their chances to run at a later date. And I think she's running right. yeah, that's profile. What so she's probably yeah. auditioning for vice president. And I think because she's also running for 2024. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. saying that the Democrat wins or loses because well, then we think that she would still stick with the same ticket. So, yeah. No, I, 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 you're right I, about I, that. Yeah. Yeah. But if you look yeah. at the women who are jumping in this race, you know, Christine Gillibrand, who's in this state, she shouldn't even be state senator. I don't know why she wouldn't run for Wow. Oh, another. <laughs> you wow. Hey, believe me, she took Hillary's um, seat when Hillary left, but that was by default. We had some crazy Republicans in this in this state, and so when you run an extremist against somebody in a state, New York State is not a is not a liberal state. It is conservative, but it is definitely Democrat. So they didn't really vet her, and you know our women's. You know, women's suffrage started up in this place, Seneca Falls, right? Um, Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton. You have Harriet Tubman, who's like 45 minutes from here, her her house. Like, that women's suffrage started in this area. And I am telling you this, that may drag Christina Gillibrand in New York State because of her opponent. But if she had a head-to-head race about with anybody worth their salt in New York, she wouldn't even win here. And that's how much women drive New York State, but she would lose here. So I don't know why mm. she's even raised. And by the way, the Gentleman campaign did not reach out to me, so I don't, I don't have no angst against them. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jay, Jay, can, Somebody, can, 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 can I mention... Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Jay, can I mention one thing? Uh, yes, sir. You know, the biggest endorsement that any other Democrat that's running can have is that of President Obama. Now, now let, let, let's go back some years when Kamala Harris was the attorney general in California. And you remember how the media had such a field day with those pictures of her and President Obama supposedly, yeah, you know, passing googly eyes and, and in this re- relationship. Yeah. You know, uh, African-American women were livid because they looked at her as this home record. I mean, here it is, you got this perfect couple and President Obama and Michelle Obama, and now here it is, you got this fair-skinned young lady who is now being, you know, put in a position to where she is, you know, in in in, in range of, of of his affection, and, and and the media played on that. So, I, moving forward, I think that that has to be considered as as well in regards to how much she's going to be embraced or not embraced, bringing him in to do some campaigning for. Mm-hmm. Now you're right Good about point. that. And, you know what we're hearing is that President Obama is, you know, he's 
trying to stay out of this thing, and he's probably not going to get into it until they, once the primaries are over because, you know, hey, you know how he feels about Joe Biden. But you're right, he does have that link with uh, with Senator Harris. And, you know, people were talking about how he said that she's not a bad-looking uh, senator, and people kind of pounced on those remarks. And what's surprising me, though, is the fact that Andrew Gillum's not in the race. I, I thought I thought for sure that he, he'd uh, stick his toe in the water, but maybe he met with President Obama, and President Obama said, hey, man, just chill out, wait, and uh, – do it at a later date. It's interesting. I, I thought he had a pretty decent, you know, chance, at least from an optics standpoint. Anyways, intelligent, smart, but uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it all shakes out. It's a, uh, it's a beautiful thing, and more to come because there's so many Democrats on the horizon. Uh, what I can't wait to see are the primaries. You know, how are they going to, you know, attacking each other? Oh boy, I mean, you know, it's tough. It's a tough thing. All right, folks. Wow. Speaking of tough, it's tough to say goodbye to our speaking portion of the show. You know what, folks? Have no fear, because after the NPR News update, you know, we're going to get Chatterbox in and, of course, on a need-to-know basis with Jerome's Priest coming up as well. You listen to the serious side. We'll be right back after this. On a need-to-know basis with Jerome Esprit is coming up next here on the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro has backed down from a demand that U.S. diplomats leave the country. Maduro has had given U.S. diplomats three days to leave. A deadline was last night. The Trump administration, though, ignored the order as it no longer recognizes Maduro as president. Earlier this weekend, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo urged the U.N. Security Council to end what he called Venezuela's nightmare and lend support to the opposition leader. Britain's Daily Telegraph is apologizing to Melania Trump. Larry Miller reports from London. The newspaper says it published a cover story containing many false claims about the first lady. The Daily Telegraph retracted a number of assertions and allegations about Mrs. Trump, acknowledging they were false and should never have been published. The glossy magazine cover story was entitled The Mystery of Melania. Among the items retracted, the paper had said Mrs. Trump's father was a fearsome presence and controlled his family. The paper also accepts it's not true. Mrs. Trump was struggling in her modeling career before she met Donald Trump and that he helped advance her career. The paper also says it's not true. Mrs. Trump cried on election night as it reported. The Daily Telegraph agreed to pay the First Lady what it describes as substantial damages and her legal costs. For NPR News, I'm Larry Miller in London. And tennis, Novak Djokovic has claimed a record seventh Australian Open championship. He beat Rafael Nadal in straight sets in the men's final. His victory breaks a tie with Roger Federer and Roy Emerson for most Australian Open's men's titles. I'm Kyle Snyder, NPR News. Support for this NPR podcast and the following message come from Yahoo Finance Live. Eight hours of free live streaming news without cable or a subscription. Tune in for the news you need about your money. Accessible wherever you go. All right, welcome back in. It is time for Chatterbox. Final thoughts from the world-famous chat room and from social media. And, boy, I have... uh, I have a lot, but I'm only going to read five. All right, Mr. Elias, man, what do you have? Uh, Covina, man, and uh, Easy and Bobo, right? He said, I heard Trump's people uh, this week would believe that the government opened because the Dems gave in to Trump's demands. I don't even bother uh, correcting them 
If they are that dumb, the truth won't matter. You say, I have a feeling the government is going to close again in two weeks. Then Trump will declare a national emergency and use the military to build a few yards of wall and claim he kept his promise. And then uh, Volvo writes, I think the wall is ridiculous. If Mexico refuses to control its people, then we have the right to protect ourselves. And it's the very and it's the best to serve taking over the country. And then Easy said Trump will definitely declare a national emergency. What other, what other choice does he have to fulfill his campaign promises? And and it's the right way as far as I'm concerned. Wow. To declare a national emergency? Really easy? Wow. Mm. Hey, listen, that's all right. Uh, uh, hey, you know, I love Easy to death. I'm still going to love him. But, uh, hey, don't sip that Kool-Aid when it comes in the mail, Easy. All right, listen, Denicia from Houston, Texas says, I'm sorry. Your female, okay, I'm sorry. Your female guess is one of the reasons why women can't get ahead. Women need to stick together. Uh, um, Camilla Harris is more than qualified, and it is up to us to support our own, our own sister. And explanation points, okay. I guess Vanessa knows that's directed towards her. All right. Uh, the pastor checked in. <laughs> says John, like Johnny, like uh, like Johnny D said earlier. I learned something new. I learned something new about I learned something new about the honorable senator from California. He's a great show. Uh let's see, Marianna Music checked in. She said, I didn't realize Senator Harris was so hard on African Americans. She says, Wow, mental note taken. Michelle from Atlanta, Georgia says people should support people should not support a candidate based on their No, she said people should support a candidate based on their record and not based on the color of their skin or their gender. And Trevor from, looks like this is from Decatur, says Dems are, the Dems are at it again, fighting amongst themselves. Thank you, Democrats. Mega. All right. Thank you, uh, Trevor, for such a ridiculous remark. All right. And on that note. Five, four, three, two, one. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? All right, folks, it is time for my favorite part of the show on a need-to-know basis. And uh, before I give this to Jerome, I just want to make sure that I want to make an announcement. I want Super Bowl picks after this section is over. I want to get these people on the record. All right, Jerome, man, what do you have for us, brother? Okay, you know, um, since we're going into our Black History Month, which is, you know, we have to start a little early. I want to recognize Buck Colbert Franklin, who is, who is known as the lawyer who won a court victory for black residents in the 1921 Tulsa riot. Now, it wasn't really a race riot more than black people were attacked by white folks because so they had a nice town. It, it, you know, if you don't know what that, if you don't know what the Tulsa race riot is, just look it up. But um, right. Franklin was born in 1879. He was named after his grandfather who had been enslaved an enslaved African of the Chickasaw family in Oklahoma, which means he probably was native and not came over on a boat from someplace. But anywho, so in the Greenwood, Greenwood District in up Tulsa, he was one of the wealthiest enclaves of black people in the South, known as Black Wall Street. And after 1921, mm. um, where white folks bombed and destroyed and burned down the houses in the region, they destroyed the whole region. He led a legal fight against the city council of Tulsa, who passed an ordinance keeping Tulsa blacks from rebuilding the neighborhoods that they have been 
um, affected, or that have been affected. Instead, the city had plans to rezone the whole area and make it into a commercial area. So Franklin filed this lawsuit um, against the city of Tulsa, Oklahoma. The Oklahoma Supreme Court, um, uh, in Oklahoma Supreme Court, and his efforts were successful due to his actions, black residents were able to begin rebuilding their community. And it still hasn't been the same, but they really just rezoned it and said black people need to move. That's the country we live in. And if you don't know, hmm. wow. in 1921, um, there was a Tulsa riot, and then there was Rosewood. Yeah. So, yeah. So 1921 was a bad year for black people in black communities. Well, not like it's any different than any other year of black people in black communities. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I thought I put that out there. All right, really? now, Google, yeah. Google was handed a record um, $57 million fine by France's um, data watchdog after they failed to provide transparency on data um, um, data policies. And um, that was the first time they used this new um, regulation, but they are, have to pay a $57 million fine for mm-hmm. selling your data, probably. Now, China's birth rate is at its lowest since... Um, their, um, what is it, Chairman Miles Great Famine, I guess is what it's called, despite the abolishment of the one-child policy. Now, the number of babies born in China in 2018 fell by 2 million. Wow. And uh, with their official data shows. And it raises fears of an aging society will, um, you know, further their pressure of their already slowing economy. So we'll you know, I... I- I read a story, Jerome, about a child that, that was not, you know, that was born in China, and they, they were raised by their grandparents because as soon as they had the baby, they, they ushered it out. I was like, why would they ushered? And I started reading the story more, and the fact that they, you could only have one child, I thought to myself, wow, how does the government control that? Yeah, after, after a certain age, well, it was during a certain age, so they probably gave it to the grandparents because they weren't limited by the number of children that they can have. Right. But the younger folks were. And I, I guess a matter of social services, too. So if you had two children, they may only pay you health benefits for one child. Hmm. You may have to pick a child. Wow. Yeah, I don't know how they I don't know how they did that. And sometimes they actually took the child out of the house. Yeah. Yeah, China was kind of rough on that. China also um, this week announced that they will limit the number of visitors to Mount Everest, Everest um, as a mass cleanup begins at the world's highest mountain. And they said they need to get rid of all of the trash. So each year, about 60,000 climbers and guides visit this North China, the, the Chinese north side of that mountain. Um, and they are saying that it's just too much trash up there. Can you imagine? They just have base camps that just leave trash every year, but nobody cleans it up. Wow. That's 60,000 people a year come in. Yeah. Okay, so real first lady, that's what I'm going to start calling them now. Real president and real first lady. <laughs> there real, you go, there you go. Real, the real first lady, Michelle Obama, <laughs> celebrated her 51st birthday uh, last week. And um, her husband, the real president, um, shared a throwback uh, co- couple, throwback picture of them. And um, if you didn't know, becoming her autobiography or... I guess it's an autobiography, isn't it? It's an autobiograph. It's an autobiographical memoir. Um, she still has that number one as bestseller. 
Mm. Oh, you know, I wanted to say this. Since I was talking about China, China granted Ivanka Trump five trademarks last week, by the way. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's covering sunglasses, wedding dresses, and brokerage. Like, Ivana, Ivanka Trump financial. Like, they got hell, five <laughs> trademarks done. Mm. And he don't like China. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, America's longest-serving inmate won exoneration. He was wrongly he wrongly spent 45 years in prison, and is now selling the paintings that he painted behind bars um, because he's struggling to live off of his $589 a month food stamp and Social Security. So Richard <laughs> Phillips spent 45 years in prison is now selling the watercolor paintings um, at an art gallery in Detroit. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. 45 years, they should at least gave him a million dollars a year. I mean, many. Really? Really? All right, now, okay, now I'm sure everybody's seen this story with the Kentucky students from that Catholic school um, who taunted the Native American uh, man at, at the Capitol. I mean, he was. they were at the Lincoln yeah. Memorial Act. So they found film of them wearing blackface at their sporting events. Yes. Uh, the high school principal told parents um, that they closed, they closed school the next day, right? And after meeting with local authorities, he said that we made the decision to cancel school um, and to be closed in order to the safety of our students and staff. They're, those guys were taunting folks and natives, but now they need security in an all-white town in Kentucky. <laughs> need to be said. So really? I don't know. If Saw that kid take up apology. He hired a PR firm. I think you have to pay ten thousand dollars a year to go to that school, the Catholic school. Hired wow. a PR firm and came out and said he doesn't feel bad about what he said. He just feels um, bad about how something like how it made them feel. So he said he and his friends just bought the Make America Great hat from a vendor that was there. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah, that, that's so, right. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's trying to. Um, trying to smooth that out mm. now the student name is nick sandman and he said that they were minding their own business by before they were provoked so you know the reason i'm going on about the story is because they found another film just before the incident with the black folks happened and the native americans and they caught this kid at the food without yelling it's not rape if you enjoyed it and they what? Were, yeah, that film is on the internet too. And and they trying to make these kids look like they're victims. They were pillaging the wow. village. Wow. Right. They said, "Oh, we were just minding our own business." Yeah. So you have four. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have four people who was part of the Black Israelites or something, and then they said, "Oh yeah, since they said that we are future school shooters, now we can call them racist names." That's wow. Like, yeah. That okay. is. Yeah. Now, um, you know, on Tuesday, Spike Lee, 61-year-old filmmaker, received his first Best Director Oscar nomination for last year for this last year's Black Klansman. So, you <laughs> that know, was a good movie. That was a yeah. good movie. Now he should have got one for Malcolm, but yes. we ain't gonna go there. But yes. He um. He find, he got his first nomination, and um, 
He's Black Klansman has a current 95% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. So, you know, that's... Really? Hard. Yeah, 95. And, you that's know, a good movie. Yeah, it's based, based on a true story of Ron Stallworth. Yeah. So, yeah. And also, Black Panther is the first... Um, it's the first superhero movie to be nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars as well. So we'll see how that yeah. goes. Yeah. Can only have one at a time, so we'll see how that. <laughs> we're gonna see how that goes. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know, uh, uh, I guess it's Cynthia Brown. You know, the woman who was in pri- prison for 12 years for killing um, the man who bought her for sex at age 16. Yes. Right. Yeah. She said that she finally showed mercy and recognizes her redemption. I don't know what she has. You know what? It, it is really sad that we have to apologize for being victims. But she really? is now 30. She was granted clemency from um, Tennessee's governor last month. Shouldn't have never been there in the first place, man. Exactly. But she comes out and she says that, um, you know, when you think of me, I hope you'll celebrate not only me, but my journey and America and the beauty of the justice system that has the power to listen and understand redemption, forgiveness, mercy, and compassion is what she wrote in a column for um, the Tennessean, the newspaper, in honor of Martin Luther King's birthday. Um, she said, "America is a wonderful country because of this. Let us all be proud. Let us all proudly celebrate it and honor Dr. King." Originally ordered, um, she was originally ordered to to have 51 years in prison, and um, before being granted parole. So she'll be released in August, but she still will have 10 years remaining of parole. <laughs> Uh, okay, wow. so I wouldn't have been mad at her if she would have got out and told them kick rocks. I don't know yeah. why, because she, she's thankful and thanking them, and I'm just glad to be here. She's a victim in all of this. Yes, she is. That is sad that they break people down so much that victims end up apologizing for being victims. <laughs> she was sold to somebody wow. 16. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, that... that that unnerved me a little bit, so I won't go back into that too much. But it, it's weird that we do that as a as a community, anyway. So, um, also, you know, it was um, day. Well, an elderly female shopper who was eighty nine was awarded two point seven million dollars by a jury after uh, um. A willy popped a will a willy a will popped off of her uh, a grocery cart at Kroger <laughs> without mm-hmm. warning. It caused her to fall and fracture her hip, and um, she was awarded two point seven million dollars. She's now ninety one, so it took him two years to give her money. But uh, <laughs> Kroger's was wow. found they failed to maintain the premises in a reasonable and safe condition. Now. I would play, if Kathleen was here, I would play a game of black and white because they would have still held out <laughs> if that yep. woman was black. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're paying her because she was 91 and they didn't want to, um, they didn't want the bad publicity of her going back to court after she won. Mm. Wow. Now, yeah. Now, a Northwest uh, PhD student who was beaten and cuffed by police officers after they refused to believe that his Chevy was his. He settled his lawsuit for $1.25 million. Now, get this. 
black or white. The elderly female woman gets two point seven million dollars, but the guy who got beat up by the police get one million dollars. Oh, wow, he's black, <laughs> most definitely. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. And his was in two thousand fifteen. Hers was uh in two thousand sixteen. So she got her money sooner and she got more money. Wow. So I just want to point that out. Now, a Japanese noodle maker, I guess since they do a lot of ramen, uh, uh, was forced to <laughs> apologize after whitewashing tennis star uh, Naomi uh, Osaka. Now, they lightened her skin. If you remember her, she won the U.S. Open. She beat Serena. And I guess she was just a little too dark. So when they did the commercials, they lightened her. <laughs> they gave her white features. Wow. So she was born wow, in Japan, moved wow. to U.S. And she grew up in Florida, so she holds a Japanese and American passport, but represents the country of her birth at international tournaments. And they lightened her up. Mm-hmm. Now her father's black, or he's Haitian or something. And she just won the Australian Open, so she's won two uh, oh, yeah. slams in a row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, mm-hmm. they, they did apologize, but they're probably still going to lighten her up again. Of no course, probably, probably telling her stay out the sun. Now, yeah, now, a married high school teacher, 30, is charged with having sex with her student and trying to destroy evidence. So, uh, Jessica, um, I guess is Glocko, um, she was arrested on Friday, and um, she's an English teacher at Pleasant View, Pleasant Bell High School in New Jersey, if you want to look that up. I don't know why you would want to, but um, <laughs> I got away from doing those teacher stories. But that is uh, another one. And a Nevada teacher, 27, is charged with kidnapping a student in exchange for and exchanging lewd messages with him. And um, you know, a California. Well, you know what? Actually, I want to say this one, Kevin. You know when Kevin Hart refused to do the Oscars, um, and he said the Oscars uh, because he doesn't have enough time to prepare for um, for the telecast because he's a perfectionist. I want to say that was a good cover by Kevin, but Kevin is still apologizing for the fact that they wronged him. So mm-hmm. I know I didn't mention that on the last show, but it is weird that they want to um, sit there and do that. And also, you know, I, I, I did skip this because I think I had talked about this before, is that Spike Lee, although he's nominated for Oscars, also directed that um, a song titled Land of the Free by this band called The Killers that talks about gun violence, racism, and mass incarceration. Spike Lee directed that video. And um, <laughs> the, lead, the lead singer said that he was inspired to write that song after the mass shooting of Sandy Hook in 2012. So, wow. Yeah. So it, it, it features um, footage from migrant children from uh, families at the border. So... We're going to see if they try to um, pull Spike's nomination by the time. <laughs> by the time yeah, the by that time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so he, wow. he's happy for a second, but you know how this goes. Yep. Yep. Now, All right, Jerome, we have time for one more, brother. Time for one, one more. more. Okay, yes, so, um, ah, okay, so a woman in in China was on the run for 17 years for murdering her boyfriend. She was caught by facial recognition technology when she was asking directions at a highway checkpoint. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, so, so I just want to say, if you on the run and you see a camera, do not look directly into the camera. 
exactly. has come to life, <laughs> it will, it is putting your butt on file. So mm-hmm. stay away from facial mm-hmm. recognition. That's all I got. <laughs> That's good stuff right there. Thank you, as always, Mr. Jerome Spray. All right, folks, it's time for our final thoughts. And uh, Johnny D, man, why don't you take a first crack at final thoughts? Jay, just, again, a, a wonderful show, man, and just blessed to, to, to be a part of it. Um, always learn something. Um, certainly appreciate the feedback from all of those out there listening. Um, now, I know you said something about the Super Bowl. Since I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, anybody but New England for me. No <laughs> doubt. Okay. <laughs> All right, Johnny. Well, I appreciate you, man, and of course, man, and see you next week. Mr. Jerome is free, man. Final thoughts? Okay, I'm going to second that, anybody but New England, and turn over the rest <laughs> of my time to that international player, LES. <laughs> oh, man, he gets the first and last word. The one and only Mr. LES, a.k.a. The international player. Final thoughts, sir. Hey, I was wrong, man, earlier. Um, the, the word for thank you in, 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 in Portuguese is janada. And it's, it's not, uh, it's janada. Um, look, folks, get out and vote. If you don't want the same stuff you've been getting all this year long and the government shutdowns and everything else, look, get out and vote because you, you got a clown in office. Get these clowns out of office. Corral this, 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 this clown in and let's get, let's get on the, the business at hand. And easy, I, I, I still can't believe you, man. I, I really can't, man. Uh, I'm serious. You you you're really drinking the Kool Aid. Wow, wow. And 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 uh, I don't have a dog in this fight with the, the the Super Bowl, so I could care less, man. Who wins? I really could. Especially after the New Orleans. I'm not a New Orleans Saints fan, but the way they were did was just totally wrong, man. I don't care. Right is right and wrong is wrong. That was just garbage. That's a lot to say. All right. Uh, you know, there was one Democratic uh, representative who voted against opening up the government, and that person's name was, she goes by the initials of AOC. That's right. The new darling of the Democratic Party, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the lady interrupted me, Cortez, uh, voted against it. And uh, she's also going after uh, Congressman Hakeem Jeffries. I want to look at this female. Is it all about she's reading her own press clippings and believing that stuff, going after the number five House uh, Democrat uh, in the uh, in the House of Representatives. I don't know, man. Maybe we as a people need to start looking at her and figure out what the heck she's got going on. But, uh, you know, that would be a different topic for a different day. And on that note, Mr. LBS, if it's Sunday, we're talking serious stuff. What time is it, my friend? It's time for the serious side of the J. Rao Show. Folks, it's been a pleasure to serve you as always. So we hope you guys have a great, great Sunday. And me, I hate the New England Patriots. So, for Vanessa May Belly, for the Machiavelli, from my main man, Johnny D, Mr. Jerome Spree, and Mr. Elias, I'm Jay Ross saying have a wonderful work we can remember for Sunday. And we're talking serious stuff. It is the serious side of the Jay Ross Show. We'll see you next week, folks. Go Rams! You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. 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 Network.